Welcome to the Liberty Podcast with your host, Pastor Robert Maxey, Senior Pastor of Liberty Church of Baton Rouge. It's our prayer that this podcast will be life-changing for you and that you will share it with someone else. Now, here is Pastor Rob. Take your seat. The title of my message today is Sold Out, Sell Out. Look at somebody say, Sold Out, Sell Out. I'm amazed by the work that we saw God do this year, the way that he moved in our lives and the people that we saw him deliver. If I look around this room, I can point out testimonies that God has moved in. I saw people go through surgeries and come out of them. I've seen people go through deliverance and come out of them. I've seen people's lives have been changed. I saw God do things, accomplish things in our walk. We made so many plans and resolutions last year. So many things that we wanted to do. How many weight loss plans were made? Mm. (laughs) How many people stuck to them? It's a whole different story. The goals that we made that were not stuck to. To find an example of total commitment, we would have to look at Jesus Christ himself. Because many of us are not committed to the goals that we sought out to, to make in our lives. So many opportunities, so many things that we said we would do that we did not do. And we said we would wait. How many times do we make uh, a goal for our life that we said we're going to wait to a certain date to start this goal? Ah, we're going to wait till Monday. I'm going to wait till Friday. I'm going to wait till January 5th. First, and then I will start it. So I'm going to smoke five packs a day until January. I'm going to eat everything I want until Monday. <clears throat> and then I'll start. We find ways to waver in our commitment to anything that we seek to do in our lives. But to find an example of total commitment, we need to look no further than Jesus himself. He is everything total commitment is. The great apostle stated this. He says, and being found in a fashion as man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Philippians 2.5. Jesus stated this in John 8, 29. He says, for I do always those things that please him. He makes the commitment to do as his father tells him to do. That's the commitment that he makes. He says, I will do what the father tells me to do. What a commitment. We don't do what nobody tells us to do. We're committed to that. In these two passages is the revelation of complete devotion to God. Jesus is devoted to doing what God tells him to do. He is devoted to following. 
Jesus serves as our example in every facet of life, including the principle of absolute total commitment. What would our life look like if we was committed to something? If we really look at our lives, we'll realize that we have not been committed to anything. We haven't really been committed in our church. We haven't really been committed on our job. We really haven't been committed in our marriage. We really haven't been committed to our children. We really have not been. <clears throat> Followers of Christ are familiar with the term sold out for Jesus. It means that we are completely surrendered to him it means that our money our time our dreams our relationships possessions everything about us belongs to him and is readily available for his purpose that means God whatever you need is yours if you need my children they're yours guess what my children will play the piano they they're yours they'll 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 serve in the church they're yours they're your children my car is yours you gave me this car is yours you need me to get people to church is yours and the problem is we get a car and then we don't go to church no more guess what god take the car uh y'all pick it up what i'm putting out we said when we got the car it's gonna be your car God, you give me this car, it's going to be your car. But then we don't do nothing with the car. God, if you get me this, it'll be yours. And, and everything that we have should be devoted towards God. God, if you get me this job, everything I make toward in this job, God, I'm devoting this to you. Uh, God, if you get me this relationship, God, I'm devoting this relationship. God, you give me this child, God, I'm giving it back to you. It is readily available for the purpose of God. Amen. That's how I know that I'm going to keep whatever God gave me. Oh, Y'all not picking up this this morning. That's why many of us don't have nothing. Oh, you know, I'm going to make somebody mad today. You ain't got nothing because you ain't devote whatever you got to him. Every year, I always make this long list of New Year's resolutions. I'm just going to talk about me because they're safe. Make this long list of New Year's resolutions that, that I can go off the list and check that I ain't going to do that. Mm. Yeah, it's January 10th and I ain't do that. Mm. I ain't do that either. Mm. And then we can go off the list and check off the stuff that we made the list on, on December 20th, what we were going to do on January 1st. And we realized that we did not do them. According to U.S. News and World Report, 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by February. What exactly goes wrong in the process? While the reasons vary from person to person, here are four common ways you are standing in, the standing in the way of your process. The first one is your goals aren't clear. Do you know where your goals came from in the first place? A lot of times our goal came from a personal place, a, a place from inside of our flesh that we wanted to do. It came because I wanted to lose weight because I wanted somebody to notice me. 
Oh, I'm talking to somebody right now. It, it came from a place where you wanted to get sexy. Your goals aren't clear. You don't even know where your goals came from. And you don't know how to achieve these goals. The second reason is you feel overwhelmed by the goals that you picked. You picked 18 goals. And, and all 18 of them you can't keep up with. And change can be daunting. It seems as though you're making a sharp adaption to these goals. And it all started on January 1st. And you got 18 goals you're trying to start on January 1st. The third thing is you feel discouraged. As you strive for your goals, you may become impatient with the process. Perhaps you're not seeing the sign of progress in your life. You're wondering why things are not happening the way you want them to. And the fourth thing, you're not ready for change. Ah, there it is. You see, growth is a, is a, isn't a linear process. You may think you're interested in change. You may think you're ready for change. But are you truly ready? This is a point where you reevaluate the goal you made either consciously or subconsciously. You may find yourself reflecting on the pros and cons of that change. What happens if I stop smoking? What happens... If I, my friends go out to smoke and I don't go out with them. And whether the goals are even valuable enough to change. When this happened, you're at the risk of the snowball effect. Rather than getting up, dusting off your hands and moving forward, when faced with the hurdles in the process of your goals, you may no longer see them as something that's doable or even desirable. If you're unwilling to abandon the goal, then you may find yourself in a fork in the road. At this point, you may have made the decision to continue as is or do it half-heartedly. You may do that for a while until you quit altogether and go back to what you was doing last year. And that brings me to my text. When we read about one of the disciples, the disciples made a commitment to Christ. I love this because we read Peter, read about Peter in the 33rd verse, and he says this in Matthew 26, 33. He says, Peter answered him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never I am never to stumble. And Jesus said to him, Surely I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. He says, I am committed to this thing. We understand that Peter says these words. He says, I am committed to you. Even if I have to die with you, Jesus, I'm going to die with you. And we understand that later on, he does deny him three times. He says, I'm committed, but I'm not committed. He says, I'm sold out, but he sells out. Oh. Oh, 
and sitting at the table. Jesus speaks to the disciples and, and all the disciples and he tells them that one of you are going to betray me. And all of them say, no, it's not I, not I. And, and all of them are saying the same thing, not I. And, and in Matthew 33, 5, and so all the disciples, so said all the disciples, they all of them said they would not leave him. But we understand that they do. When the disciples could not talk, Jesus out of going back to Judea to raise Lazarus from the dead, Thomas makes this announcement. He says this. He says, let us also go that we may die with him. Thomas makes a declaration right there. He says, you know, Jesus, wherever you go, going, I'm going to go with you. And if you die, I'm going to die with you. He, he makes the, the commitment to follow Jesus and die with him. But we understand that when Jesus goes to the cross and he's on the cross, the only person that was there with him was John. Where was Thomas? You see, he makes a commitment. He, he, he was sold out, but he sells out in the most important time of Jesus' life. Where, where was Thomas? In John eleven sixteen, 16, then Thomas, who, who is called a twin, says to his fellow disciples, let us go that we may die with him. But he was not there. When Jesus goes to the cross, he was alone. When Jesus announces that someone will betray him, they're all sorrowful, saying, is it I? Even Judas, who was, had already taken the 30 pieces of silver, had the nerve to say, is it I? This is important because what we are talking about is our commitment, not to our diet, not to crunch gym. But to Jesus himself. You see, I plan to have a closer walk with Jesus every year. I plan to read more to, with more of my Bible every year. I plan to pray more every year. But something always gets in the way. You see, there's always something better. There's always something more. There's always another trip to take. There's always another date to go on. There's always something that gets in the way. Someone calling me to tell me they're not coming to church because they got a football game or a party or something going on. And there's always someone selling out Jesus. Some reason to sell out Jesus for some reason. And, and we're all selling out it's funny because we were sold out when we got baptized last year we all made commitments we all was disciples said we were going to follow Jesus we were going to do everything we were going to follow we were going to pray we made all these commitments in the beginning of the year and by time February came we was all in here falling asleep in church we was all in here coming in late we was all in here not praising God we was all showing up late we was all not coming to church when it rained we was all coming oh come on no nobody saying nothing that's okay that's okay I'll speak to myself Oh, we were sold out. 
the time February came, we had already sold out. And so the question is for you this morning is what was your 30 pieces of silver? Was it sex? Was it somebody that you was dating? Was it drugs? Was it alcohol? What was it that you sold out Jesus for? What was it? What was the, the trip, the party, the, the thing that you sold Jesus out for last year? What was it? Was it more sleep? Tell me what it was that you gave up Jesus for last year. Because Judas made such a commitment. He left everything to follow Jesus. And the whole time he was following, he was complaining. The whole time he was following, he was like, where this money get? Where this head? Where this going? How much coffee we got? Who's going to pick me up? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? And it was so much. Can I come a little closer today? Can I come a little closer? By the time we get ready to do the prayer up here, everybody's already walked out of the building. Oh, you didn't even come up to get deliverance. You didn't come up to get prayer. But by the time we do the prayer, I look up and everybody's gone. Well, where was your prayer time? We so sold out until it's time to sell out. You can't show up time for church on time and you're ready to leave before church over. Come on, come on. Help oh, it's getting deep in here. I'm starting to sweat. Rather than walking in complete surrender to Jesus Christ, we often withhold things that we hold near and dear. Our time, our money, the person we dating, we don't want to bring them to church. We want to keep the person we sinning with far away from church just in case they get saved. We don't want them to get saved just in case so we can keep them. Uh, Y'all know what I'm saying. We're afraid that God will demand too much and we're afraid of the cost of truth being of truly being saved. Because we don't understand God's goodness and his genuine love for us. See, we're like Eve, we doubt his character. Church has started. Church started, but there's people that's supposed to be in here. Where they at? I could look around the room right now, and there's people that should be in here that's not. That's right. You see, there isn't a better, better New Year's resolution than that starts with what Apostle Paul says in Philippians 3, 7, 8. He says, he writes this, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider it lost for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom sake I've lost everything. 
He said, I was willing to lose everything to gain everything. know how deep that is he says I lost everything and I'm so glad I gained everything he goes on to say I considered them rubbish the word he used literally means manure he says everything I lost was crap that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness that comes from God is by faith it's not by people it's not by things it's not by money it's not by status but it was by faith He's not talking about virtue found in himself. He's actually setting aside all of his credentials, all of his status, and everything that he thought was him. He's saying that his worth is found in Christ. He says everything else was worthless. That's, his resolution is, I want to know Christ more and better. And what is remarkable is that he has known Christ for 30 years, yet he's resolved to know him better. No. Ah, I've known my wife for 24 years, but I'm resolved to know her better because I realized in 24 years, I don't know her enough. The more you know Christ, you realize I don't know him enough. You can know in many scriptures it's, it's, the, it's, it's the Pope. But you realize I don't know him enough. Now comes his determined resolution in light of all this. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sharing in his suffering. Becoming like him in his death and so to attain the resurrection from the dead. He's saying, I have to kill this flesh. I have to kill this flesh so I can actually live. That's knowing him. First John 2. 3 and 6 says this now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments he who says I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him but whoever keeps his word truly loves truly the love of God is perfected in him by this we know that we are here in him he who says he abides in him ought himself also walk as he walks. He's saying, you can't say you love God, but don't follow him. Don't keep his word. Don't walk as he walks. And we're so apt to do our own thing, to, to do our own whatever we want to do. And we think that we're following Christ. No, that's not how it works. 
We can't be wishy-washy. We can't be one foot in, one foot out. We can't do whatever we want to do and think that we're following God. I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to myself. So how do we do this? How do we know Christ better? The first thing we do is we have to study his life. We have to study his life. If we want to grow and be more like Jesus, we need to understand him. We should know what sets him apart from other leaders. We have to understand his word. We need to grasp what motivated him. We have to study his life. That means we have to actually pick up the word and read it. Amen? Amen. I mean, you can't take everybody's word for it. You got to take his word and read it. And if you don't read it, at least listen to it. There's Bibles that you can listen to now. But you actually have to do something this year. Pick up your word this year. The second thing is to love God. Jesus summed up the entire Old Testament law in two commandments. To love God and love others. But he doesn't just say that we need to love God. He tells us to love God with our whole heart, soul, mind, strength. That we need to love God with all that we are. To love him with all that we are means everything that we are and everything that we have. That's true love. When we think about what God did for us, he gave everything that he has. Everything that he had, he gave his best for us we give whatever we got or whatever we want that's what we do for him we give to God like he's a person on the street and we got spare change that's with our time that's with our money that's with our attitude that's how we give to God like he's a person on the street begging for money and we got a couple of quarters. We can have a roll of money in our pocket, but we got a couple of quarters and that's what we'll give him. We can have all the time in the world, but we'll give him 30 minutes. That's how we treat our Savior. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. The third thing is to love others. When you pay close attention to the behavior of God, it's not, it's not hard to miss the way he treated people. And I'm not just talking about people with status. He treated people that, were, that did not have status right. better than people that did have status. He treated everyone the same. He treated people with honor and dignity. That's not because he, he's constantly telling everyone he loved them, but he showed it with his behavior. We can always go around talking about, I love you, 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 I love you. No, I love you, right? No, you, I love you. people in the family, I love you. I used to go someplace like that. I used to go to church like that. Everybody would walk around and tell you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. But they didn't love you. Love is an action. You show love. Jesus showed love. 
The fourth thing is to be prayerful. Read through the Gospels, you can always find Jesus in prayer. Many of us do not pray. We do not seek God's face. And we wonder why things are falling apart. Or we walking around talking about, I don't even hear God. I don't even hear God. Why you don't hear God? Because you don't talk to him. You do not speak to him. You do not seek his face. But you seek his hand. You always talking about give me. Every time you need something. Oh, I need prayer. When last time you prayed? Last time I asked you for prayer? I was talking to somebody last night and they called me. They called me from jail. They say, Pastor, can you pray for me? I said, okay, after you pray. Because you have to learn to pray for yourself. Amen? Amen. Jesus prayed publicly. He prayed all night long before choosing the 12. He prayed before healing people. He prayed before casting out demons. He prayed for God, for, for his father's uh, wisdom. He prayed before making decisions. Jesus always prayed. I wonder how many times you're praying. The fifth thing is this, and Derek can come back. To practice obedience. To practice obedience. You see, so many times in our life, we are so focused on what we want to do. And that's probably why many of us are in the places that we are right now. Because we have not learned obedience or submission. We have never submitted to anything unless it was behind bars. Jesus said, if you just learn to submit to me, if you learn to submit to my will and to my way and, and give me. I was telling the team earlier today when I go to the doctor, I used to go to the doctor and they would try to manipulate my body and I would fight them because of the pain that they would cause me and then it would say you just need to relax you just need to relax and give me your body just relax just relax and give me your body eventually I learned that if I just relax and gave it to him it would cause me less pain I wonder if you would just give him everything you've been fighting for so long you've been fighting so many things your will you've been fighting God's will in your life you've been fighting his direction and his wisdom and and all the things that he wants to do and you think you're fighting people and what they're trying to get you to do and you're like nobody's gonna tell me what to do but it's the wisdom that's coming from God and every time you fight, it keeps pushing you backwards and backwards and backwards. And you're in your 30s and 40s and going into your 50s. And you're wondering why nothing's changing in your life. It's because you're stubborn. You're stubborn. 
you're not learning what God is trying to teach you and you keep saying I'm following Jesus yeah you sold out but you never sold out you never allowed yourself to be manipulated by the Spirit of God you never allowed yourself to let the Spirit move you you're not listening you're in the room but you're not listening you know how frustrating it is to be a pastor and you know that people are not listening and you're watching them go backwards a few weeks ago I was I was in a dream and I was in my old house on Fairfield I came out of my room and my father was sitting in a chair he never said a word but there was a kind look on his face and I walked past him and I went outside so I went outside the sky was clear but there was a patch in the sky that was dark in the patch was lightning and thunder and it was awkward and I said why is there one patch of sky in this clear sky that was lightning and thunder and it scared me and there was people standing around looking at the patch but then they turned around and they said turn around and I turned around behind me and behind me in the sky was a clock and the clock was counting down and the, the countdown went down to zero and when it hit zero there was an earthquake and there was thunder and lightning and I heard God say that time is running out time is running out we're in a season where people are not hearing and they have purposed in their heart not to hear they've made the decision in their heart not to hear and I'm not talking about the people outside of the church I'm talking about the ones in they come every Sunday but have purposed not to hear and it's heartbreaking they are the Judases that sit here they are the Judases that sit here that has sold they had sold out but sell out every Sunday they're not selling out me or the church they're selling out their own souls because everything else is more important if someone will call them on Saturday night and ask them to do something they won't come on Sunday they will rather sleep an extra hour than to come for worship they have already purposed in their mind what they will and will not do for God They will sit in church and put headphones on. They are 
in their own heads their worst enemy and time is counting down people are dying every day young people it's very rare to get old will you stand with me what are you willing to do You see, Judas says this. He says these exact words. These were his words. He says, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? That's what his words were. And we may not think we're saying that, but we are actually saying these words every day. We're saying, what are you willing to give me if I sell out my Christianity? What are you willing to give me if I stay here today, if I don't go to church? What are you willing to give me? Extra hours of sleep? You give me sex over here? You give me a party over there? What are you willing to give me if I sell out? What are you willing to give me? 30 pieces of silver is only $85. 30 pieces of silver is only $85. We sell out for less than that. This year's got to be different. This year, your soul may be required of you. open the altar this is your opportunity to start this year off in prayer we have to start this year right as the prayer team comes up you're welcome to come up for prayer you're welcome to fall at the altar whatever you feel like you need today the prayer the altar is open.